All right, welcome into a most unusual uh, special edition of the Sports Block Podcast as we are venturing outside of the world of sports for the most part, and we'll be talking extensively on some of these election uh, races here. Uh, this 2020, the most important election of our lifetimes, and that doesn't matter if you're voting for the first time at 18 or if you're voting for the 15th time or whatever, you're 88 or whatever. I mean, it's just, it varies, you're 78 and stuff. So it doesn't matter how old you are, this is a very important election for everyone. So we'll be talking about some of the races here. And we gave you a heads up on this last week. So if you're downloading this podcast and saying, hey, what the hell? Uh, We gave you forewarning. Travis Crins, my good friend, joins me here on this podcast. Travis, good evening. Good evening. Uh, we are recording this before the election happens, so um, you know if we were to record if if we were to record a podcast and doing this live and stuff, it would be hours. We would we would need extensive uh, Red Bulls and Mountain Dews because I feel like uh, we're, we'll be staying up for quite some time on uh, on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. We did that with the draft one, and that was kind of fun. With the what? I did that with the draft, the Google Hangout oh, yes. with the draft one yep. year. Yep, that was fun. That was fun, kind of doing that one was, uh, was the Johnny Manziel uh, 2014 out of the city of Bridgewater. So, that was, uh, that was fun to do that. Yeah, should try and do that again sometime. But anywho... Uh, we will get to the the races here in a bit, but let's first talk about uh, congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers, your World Series champions, and Krins. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to get overlooked by two things. Uh, Kevin Cash's decision to pull Blake Snell in the sixth inning of game six. one nothing lead, he had given up a single to the nine, number nine hitter. And very few pitches... And Cash pulled him because that's what the analytics said. And he is roundly getting criticized. In fact, I mean, he's getting criticized all across the board. People are complaining about it now. It's analytics are ruining the game of baseball. And I know you are someone who I think who who appreciates you know the the numbers and and you know getting through like rotations and understanding how you you got to throw in different bullpen guys and stuff. That it's not uh, standard. You know, seven, eight, nine innings pitched now anymore for most guys but I'm guessing or I'm, I'm hopeful that even you have to think that this was an absolutely terrible decision by Kevin Cash given how well Snell was pitching nine strikeouts through five innings I was uh, up in here on doing volleyball I was listening to the game on the way back and they were talking about it and they pulled on um, there what, 73 pitches and you gotta I mean that was your season and they pull them and they give up a couple of runs and they go like that. Nick Anderson, or the hell we talked about yep. last week. Yep, Nick Anderson. He, uh, he'd given up seven seven consecutive appearances. He'd given up at least one run. So if you're going to take him out, why would you put him in? Mm-hmm. He'd given up a run all, all these times. That was a terrible move. I mean... The analytics are nice and all, but he's rolling. I mean, this, this is... This is your game seven. This is your game seven. You need to win this game, and he's your best pitcher. And why he couldn't have gone at least uh, another two innings that boggles the mind. The offense didn't do anything. They needed a shutout. The only way they win that game is they shut out mm-hmm. because they only scored what they one run, two runs, with three to one. Yeah, the final. So they took him out and lost the ball game right there. 
uh, terrible move. He defends it. Like Snell wasn't very happy about it, obviously. But uh, yeah, third time through the order, all that stuff. That's nice. That, that's strict for the most part. But uh, if you're giving three pitches and you're pitching as well as he did, then maybe you give him you give him another inning. You give him a few more batters because if, if the next guy gets a single, then okay, two yep. on. One out, maybe you make a move, yep. but uh, just giving up that one hit at that point. No, you got you got to keep them going. That yeah. was uh, that was terrible. Yeah, was terrible. I I agree with you on on that point about, and that was my mindset too. And thinking like, okay, you give up a, a hit to the number nine batter, so if and then you have you know Mookie Betts coming up and uh, what Bellinger and uh, you know Corey Seager or you know two at least two of those three guys were were coming up and. It's like okay, you know, if if he had gotten that number nine guy out, do you let him go into the the top of the lineup then and try and pitch that? Like give him oh, at le- give him at least one more batter. If he gives up a hit, then yes, absolutely, uh, go ahead and uh, and and bring in someone from the bullpen. But with the way he was dealing, it's not like he had given up a lot of hits. He just given up two hits, so it's re- quite ridiculous. I have a of a guest coming in here. Uh, to the the podcast. I mean, uh, so uh, please guest uh, state your name and uh, oh, yeah. your your reason for coming. Oh, just wanted to say, Travis, great game. This is Kelsey Nathan's wife. I really enjoyed our matchup this past week. Oh, she it, talk- it wasn't much, it wasn't very competitive. Uh, it was not much of a match. Yeah, but uh, considering that I just couldn't even get my players right, I didn't have my defense in that I should have. Didn't think what would have happened if that uh, if that was the case. Uh, my quarterback's no good now, so I don't know, it was probably a good week to be back as it was uh, uh, last check you're up to like 50 points, so it was a lot. That was decided early. Very, very, uh, very dominant performance there. So I hope you feel really good about yourself. You know, considering I'm coming on from two people who actually know what they're talking about, you got to give yeah. me this one. I'm such an amateur. Her team is <laughs> her team is outstanding, Travis. Thank you, Kelsey. Uh, um, like the Vikings, like the Vikings won. We'll talk about the Vikings, but yeah. like nobody was picking the Vikings to win. No. <laughs> and sports, sports are dumb like that. Like, why would the Vikings? In, in what universe would the Vikings have won? Yesterday, no, none. Like, no, it makes no sense. But of course, they won. The so. Planet Galgamax. Yeah. I mean, her her team is so good. Grins. I, I, Travis Kelsey and DK Metcalf, uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, it's it's just it it's unbelievable how good you know the Steelers defense. She's got Justin Tucker. She's making me look absolutely dreadful. I mean, it, the, it doesn't help that I took Michael Thomas over Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara is having a, a fantastic season catching the ball. But her team's very, very good, uh, and so I apologize that she had to. She begged to come in and trash talk you, and I'm sorry that Big Laramie uh, is is uh, really screwing with you here now. Yeah, he really has. Were you? <laughs> were you? Uh, you picked your team. Was she like in the other side of the living room, or how did you do that? Yeah, no, she uh, she writes down some of her like the players that she wants to target and stuff. And then if someone goes, she's like, okay, I have these couple that I'm thinking of. I'm like, well, I would if I were you, I would choose this person. But she ultimately makes the final decision. Uh, so I have helped coach her, but. Uh, well. 
like, no, like this is uh, these are very significant uh, the picks that she's making here, and she always wants Travis Kelsey because of for obvious reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm very impressed. I don't I don't know how it's going to fare because as we've said, this is a very difficult league to get in the playoffs in. I'm fortunately in the yep. NFC East, so I have a shot. Uh, to make it, but um, it's tough. But everyone, probably, everyone's close. That probably ended my playoff hopes. I would think. Loser this week. I mean, potentially. I think you got a a couple of. I have to win out. Feel like I would have to win the rest of my games. Yeah, you have. What am I at? Four, 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 and four now. Yep. I, I mean, let's. What if we? We're in an elimination game next, or like the final week of the season. You and I. Probably. I mean that that would be something. You are right now are two games back. Uh, probably going to be three here when it's all said and done. But you are the fifth ranked team. I I don't. Uh, you know, I'm way the hell down there. I'm only two games back. Like I said, I'm in the kind of the NFC East division here. Um, it's there's a lot of football left to be played. Um, but uh, certainly. All the kudos to Kelsey for. I also for the felt team. like she she had a lot of points this week. This was another week to be be bad. Yeah. Because she put up hundred. Oh, 40 points. How many did she put up? A lot. So I I can't compete with that. And you know what? It's better if you're gonna lose, lose by a lot, and then when you need to win those close games, do it. Because that's the most frustrating when you lose by only like five six points. They're like, oh, couldn't I have just gotten one more touchdown? So, anyway, uh, back to the World Series, though. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Cash, terrible decision. And Tim Kirkjian is, you know, he's for him, he's blowing a gasket about how this is changing the game. There are multiple uh, columns and articles on there on how the baseball, uh, the game of baseball has changed perhaps for the worst and this is going to kill it and stuff like that. Now, maybe that's going a little extreme or whatnot, but... At the same time, th- th- when these decisions are made, I think it kind of throws the whole analytical part into uh, into flux a little bit. Like, how much do you really? Uh, yeah, because Kirk Jim was saying, like, you're not hiring managers to manage. You're playing the numbers and stuff rather than using your eye. So maybe this kind of brings the game back into that uh, more managerial instincts rather than just simply relying on the numbers. Yeah, it was a bad call they lost. If they would have won the game, everybody would have said, oh, it's fine. But like the Dodgers, they weren't all that different. They had the Tony Gosselin in game six, and I thought uh, Tampa might win that game because I thought they had the better, at least, starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And Tony Gosselin, I don't think he went more than in, uh, much more than an inning. There were two innings. So there were quite a few games in the postseason where the Dodgers would start a guy and he wouldn't go all that long. He'd go an inning or two. Mm-hmm. So they'd bring in somebody like uh, Dustin May with his orange hair. And then he would pitch like four or five innings. So they would do something that's unconventional like that. Yep. And they ended up looking for that. And people there are not talking about that because they ended up winning the whole thing. So they kind of pitched backwards a little bit where one guy would go an inning or two and then somebody else would come in and go four or five innings. So. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm fine with however you want to use your pitchers in any combination of whatever. Yeah. So I don't need the I don't need my first pitcher to go five, six, seven innings. But uh, I, I do need my best pitcher to go five, six, seven innings. And whoever that best pitcher is, and 
whoever I'm bringing in out of the bullpen, I want them to pitch two to three innings, whoever my stud receiver is, mm-hmm. or my stud uh, reliever, I want them to pitch more often. So, yep. more often walker. And, you know, to be fair to Cash, like the only saving grace that he has is that Blake Snell had not had given up some runs in the in the fifth and sixth innings uh, of his previous postseason starts uh, this year. So that is the the one thing where it's like, okay, he's seen, he's seen this story before. Uh, let's, let's not get a repeat of it. Let's try and go into the bullpen. But as you said, then you're bringing in a guy who's – given up runs in however many straight games. So that's probably not the best decision. But ultimately, not not a good look for them. Uh, it's a bad look for baseball when you have a guy, third baseman Justin Turner, having to get pulled in the, I believe it was the eighth inning, because he had tested positive for COVID. Now that's bad enough. Like, how do you not get the positive test before he's even playing in, uh, you know, playing the game, playing in the game, game six. But then for him to just say screw you to MLB officials and join his team on the field for the championship celebration and not wearing a mask a portion of the time. I, I don't know the exact percentage, but he definitely was not wearing it at all times. Knowing that he had tested positive, I get you wanting to be on the field with your teammates celebrating a championship that you've worked so hard for, especially with the the Dodgers and the heartbreak that they've suffered over the the last few years against the Astros and the Red Sox. But given the the global pandemic and the severity of this virus of COVID-19, it is a complete and utter disbelief. uh, And quite frankly, it's, it's shocking how... How nonchalantly he just disregards it and putting his not only his own health but the health of everyone else on in that organization, their wives, their families, how he put their health at risk. And I don't think we've heard of additional positive tests, at least not uh, as of yet or that I've heard. But it's still a terrible look, and he needs to get suspended. And if I were Major League Baseball, I would make it a significant punishment. I'll be fine with him getting suspended for all of next season, but that ain't going to happen. It's just a selfish move. And, and how do you find out in the eighth inning? Yeah. How, how, how does this happen? How do you not know before the game? How are you finding out at the end of the game? And he comes out there and does whatever he does after the fact, even though they told him no. So it's, it's just a thing where uh, yeah, that's a perfect metaphor for the entire, the entire country. Mm-hmm. What, what, what he did. He's free agent. He's, he's a very good player, very good hitter. But like, what, what if there was a game seven? What happens? Is there a game seven? Does that get postponed today? How do they handle game seven? The whole idea of going to San Diego and LA and Houston and uh, Dallas, all these places, was to prevent this. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much did. I have no idea how he got the virus, that they're supposed to be in some sort of bubble and they're not supposed to get it. So. Whatever happened there, it didn't work, at least this time. So I'd be fine with a very stiff uh, stiff penalty. He is a free agent. And, and I think the Dodgers will re-sign him. I don't think it's going to hurt his free agency status. I think he's ultimately going to re-sign with the team. And maybe it was a false positive. I mean, we've seen a lot of false positives uh, throughout you know college football and the NFL so far um, this season. So maybe it was a false positive, because you're right. Because if you're in the bubble and no one else has tested positive, it seems odd that he would end up testing positive. But 
even regardless if it's that, it's just his actions. And you, I mean, you can say all you want about the Astros cheating and how the players should have been suspended. Yes, they should have. Uh, they cheated, and that's totally accept. Like, for people to be angry that they aren't getting suspended, that's completely understandable, and they should have been. But this guy is putting everyone at risk that he comes into contact with with having this positive test until they can either prove that he's asymptomatic or you know that, that that it's negative he should have been in isolation i get that you want to be with you know celebrating with your teammates and stuff but this is an absolutely disregard to the to the health and safety of everyone involved and yes i think a year suspension would be absolutely understandable or or if you want to just suspend him 60 games uh, because that would have been that was the season that Major League Baseball played. That's fine. Um, or I, I don't know. It's got to be a significant punishment. I hope Major League Baseball does it. We'll see if they have the backbone and the spine to do so. But something has to happen. You have to send a message that this is and was completely unacceptable. Because we're going to be playing baseball next year, hopefully a full season on time. And guess what, Stacken? Yeah. The virus is still going to be here. The virus is going to be here. There's going to be nobody in the stands for another year because uh, we want this to stick around for apparently years now. So uh, there's going to be nobody in the stands, and we're going to have to figure out how to have a full schedule, a full 162-game schedule, hopefully as normal, without this modified schedule of playing only teams in the central time zone or the eastern time zone. And uh, we're going to have to figure that out, even though uh, cases are at an all-time high. So we got another four or five months to figure that out before baseball starts again. I'm sure we won't be any close to that. We'll see if we get a vaccine here by early next year. But, uh, yeah, what a what a disaster that was. Dodgers finally won it, thank God. Mm-hmm. And um, they win it when it's a, it's a third of a season. So they were the best team. It'll go down as a World Series win. But I th- we'll, we'll, see if they, we'll see if they win another one. We'll see if yeah. they win another full season one, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they don't win one here in the next four or five years. I think this will be their only World Series. When Clayton Kershaw gets uh, gets the thing and, you know, it doesn't change, like you said last week. For me, it doesn't change his legacy a whole lot, but maybe for others it does. And he did pitch well Mm -hmm. in the playoffs this year. But now he's got the World Series running, so good for him. Yep. Um... I, I think that the Dodgers, have the, even if it was 60 games, 100 games, 162 games, they were the best team all season long. They were the best team going into the season. Them and the Yankees, it was like 1A and 1B. But I think the Dodgers ultimately just had a, a little bit more talent. Uh, and they were the best team throughout the regular season. They were the best team in the playoffs, even though they had to battle back from 3-1 down to the Braves. Uh, they, they had a back-and-forth series with the... Um, with the Tampa Bay Rays, but they ultimately prevailed and won. So I think they were the best team all all year, and uh, they are the rightful champions. So congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, very surprising on Sunday to see the Minnesota Vikings not only compete with Green Bay, but flat out win. Dalvin Cook, four touchdowns. First player since uh, for the first Vikings player to do it since Ahmad Rashad in 1979 to have four touchdowns in a game, 
And Dalvin is the first player in NFL history to score a touchdown on each of his team's first four possessions. This, and given how banged up the secondary was and losing Cam Dantzler in the first quarter, uh, leaving on a stretcher, fortunately he has a full movement, and uh, Mike Zimmer says he might even play uh, this week. I would think that's a long shot, but all right, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. It, we'll see if that happens or not. I, I deem it a long shot, but... Take the, take the week off. Take the week <laughs> off. You couldn't move for a few minutes there. That was, that was a long, long delay. Let's, uh... In a, a very fast-moving first half, because, the I mean, there were only two possessions for the Vikings. And the Packers had two and change. I mean, they had one play, and it was, you know, they, they gained eight yards or whatever. Big deal. But, um, just given... Yeah. Given the injuries and after trading Yannick and stuff, this was and 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 the weather conditions too. They didn't ask Kirk to do much, but that's because it was very windy, uh, as you know we experienced uh, Saturday night and everything, uh, and Friday too. But this was an absolutely astonishing, very surprising win. I asked how Vegas thought that the Packers were only a six-point favorite, and here- I know I saw. <laughs> I didn't I like what was going because I I bet almost everything on our little game that's kind of done now, but I bet ever, almost everything on the Packers to win, which is a terrible betting strategy. I did that against the Seahawks with the Seahawks game too, and you know that one finished. I did it with this game too. Like, yeah, I mean, how how are the Vikings going to yeah, even keep this one close? And uh, I saw it go down from a seven point uh, spread to six, and I'm like, what? This this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and. I guess it was a weird game yeah, because the possessions were very limited and yeah, both teams scored both times they got the ball in the first half and it was very, very, it was a very odd, very odd game. I mean, there's a pass interference penalty that was called against the Vikings that was picked up on a fourth down. I was okay with that. Uh, there's a 12-man on the field penalty that Aaron Rodgers got, but if you look at it, it seems like uh, that... Troy died. The linebacker got off the field in time, but it's just too close to call because they called the penalty there. And then to get the sack, the strip sack or the fumble of uh, Aaron Rodgers there at the end was good to see. Um, now just a, why did they? Why did they, they, they appear that they were going to go for it all on that one play? Yeah, they were at the again. This goes back to something we talked about before. 12 seconds where they had no timeouts, right? 12 yep. seconds. Yep. That's at least two more plays. That's at least at least two, probably three more plays. As quick as he can go. Yep. He can get two plays off, and so I have a second to go. Uh, you look at, this, uh, look at the final play. There were three receivers on the right. There wasn't a, there wasn't a Viking uh, defensive back within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Only were three on the play. Uh, he could have very easily done a... Five ten yards, five ten yards. Just like he was doing with that. Jamal Williams, like when they were getting sure. past midfield into the forty, uh, into the Vikings territory. Like I would have done that. I don't. I pick up, pick up five ten yards. You're at the thirty. Picking up another five ten yards. All right, you're at the twenty twenty five yard line with a second or two to go. All right, here's the game. Like I don't understand why teams. Do not do that. Uh, the Saints Bears game. I saw the end of that, mm-hmm. and there were only there were only ten seconds left in the game. And the Saints, I think they had one timeout. They're at the thirty-five yard line. They got a really good kicker. 
I mean, you're at the 35, and they took a knee. All right, 10, uh, 10 seconds. You can at least pick up 15, 20 yards. If you got a timeout, you can pick up a good chunk of yards if you get a get a play in. And you have a timeout, you can at least get to the 50, if not the 45, and try a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why these teams, when they, when they spend all of this time, and uh, it's, it's I, I find it ridiculous how much time football coaches and players spend on the sport and getting ready and all this time that they do. You know, when they're given an opportunity, they just waste it and say, oh, you know, two or three plays, like two or three plays in a game can be very important. Mm-hmm. And they just seem to waste it away and say, ah, whatever. Like the Saints had two plays. Yeah. With the timeout, they had two plays to go. See what happens. Right. Are you going to score? Probably not. Yep. Probably a 98% chance you're not going to score. But you know what? You're not going to score if you take a knee. Right. So I don't understand why they don't use their time better at the end of games. Use everything at your disposal. Well, don't have a timeout left. Don't have any seconds left on the clock. Uh, stretch the game out as long as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that at all. Well, even in overtime, though, of that game, the Saints get a big run from Alvin Kamara down to, like, the 15-yard line or whatever. Then they get a delay of game. Like, they brought the field goal unit out. It's first down, and then they they back up five yards. Well, this makes it a little bit more of a difficult field goal, just given the, the swirling winds there in Chicago yesterday. And they still trot out Lutz to kick the field goal on first down, even though you could have ran a couple of plays, gotten... Uh, a few more yards made it a little bit easier. He he made the field goal, but it's still one of those cases. And I was happy because I had him in fantasy. But it it's still one of those cases where it's like, are you, if he had missed that field goal, and then the Bears come down and they kick a field goal to win the game, you're like, well, you didn't have to kick that field goal on first down. You had plenty of time. What are you doing? It's just why would you not take a knee? Why would you not take at the very least take a couple of knees, run the clock down as much as possible? There's yeah. like a minute fifty to go. Yep. Like why would you do that on first or second down? Why would you do that with almost two minutes to go? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me either. Yeah. But the Saints lucked out there, but uh yeah, what a what a win for the Vikings. It it certainly impacts their ability to uh to get a high uh pick for a quarterback. In next year's draft, uh, Kirk Cousins is not the answer. But I don't think that based on what's going on, like in San Francisco, that Jimmy G is the answer. And he's out six weeks now with a high ankle sprain. And George Kittle's out eight weeks. So San Francisco, the injury bug really hits them hard. I think Kyle Shanahan would be making a play for Kirk Cousins. Um, I really wish San Francisco would beat Green Bay on Thursday night. But I don't think that's going to happen anymore given those the injuries to those two guys. But, um, yeah. I mean, Delvin Cook, Delvin Cook is the best running back to me. People like Alvin Kamara and whoever Mm -hmm. else, I think he's the best. He can't stay healthy, so that sucks. Yep. But he's the best. To me, he's the best. He's their best player. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quarterback, way too many turnovers, and he did the bare minimum, so that was good. Keep him at a minimum to have him not fuck it up. And give it to Delvin Cook 30 times. That was really good. I think so. part of that was the, in regards to the weather, though. You know, with it well, being fine. so windy. Do that every game. I don't give a shit if it's 75 and sunny. Mm-hmm. Do that every game. Have him throw literally 15 passes a game. Yeah. Like, do not. Like, you know, he's a game manager, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But, because uh, you like more out of a guy that you're paying that much for. But, um, yeah, it was, I, again, that defense, I have no idea how that happens. 
and anybody that wanted to fire Zimmer, like we can tell them both "fuck you." Oh yeah. Um, yep. At this point, so I, I don't know how, how or what they did. I don't know how what Devontae Adams had fifty-five yards. He had three touchdowns, which was nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he had fifty-five yards. Wind <laughs> or no wind, I don't know how that happened. So here's the, and this speaks to the genius of Mike Zimmer, because think about that game against Seattle, too, how much they befuddled Russell Wilson and the Seahawks for the majority of that game. I mean, especially in the first half, Russell Wilson couldn't get any offense going there with Seattle, and that's because the Vikings were playing two deep safeties. Well, I don't know exactly what they did to, to... uh, make it so difficult for Aaron Rodgers and company, but certainly it was something because the Packers' offense didn't do anything in the second half until late in the game. Uh, so Mike Zimmer, genius, now just solve the quarterback position, whether that be a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields or you know Trey Lance. They'll ha- they'll have a high pick because they're just too inconsistent to do that. But when you see them win Green- and beat a team like Green Bay, and it's always good to beat Green Bay. You can go 2-14 and 14 every year. You beat Green Bay twice, yeah, that's good. Um, but to see that, it's good. It's also frustrating because you're like, well, why can't they do this all of the time? And then it also impacts... Why did you lose to Atlanta? Why did you get your ass kicked by the Colts? Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. Like, oh, but then he can beat, uh, almost beat Seattle and Tennessee... Yep. And win at Green Bay. Yep. Like, really? It doesn't, really? It doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Uh, but it's, you know, that's the the way the season is going. And they do play Detroit and Chicago. So you could theoretically get a little should, bit. I mean, they should beat Detroit. They should yeah. beat Detroit. Yep. And they then, always do. Yeah. I mean, they should get their ass kicked by the Bears in a couple weeks like they always do. Yeah. But who the hell knows? Who yeah. the hell knows? But the, the the race for Trevor Lawrence is strictly with the Jets right now. But Trevor Lawrence missed last week uh, f- because he tested positive for COVID. And Clemson barely eked by Boston College. And I'm not even going to begin to attempt to try uh, Clemson's quarterback's name, uh, though I'll just do it right now, Ungalalele or something like that. Uh, I think that's actually pretty close. But um, anyway, uh, and Lawrence is out this week for their big matchup against number four Notre Dame. That's in South Bend, so that is significant. I don't. I mean, how do you look at? How do you do this if they lose this game? Yeah. How do you position them for the playoffs? Even though they they are one of the best four teams, and if uh, Trevor Lawrence comes back, they're maybe the best team. But the Notre Dameans right there seems like it's Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, and they're looking for a fourth team, whether that be uh, Georgia or Florida or Notre Dame or whoever. Like, it's uh, certainly no one from the Big 12. If he lose, where, where that affects the playoffs, considering that he'll probably be back next week. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, we have yet to see the Pac-12 go, but some people think Oregon uh, should get in there. Uh, maybe throw Coastal Carolina in there. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I think it, I think uh, Clemson... Why? Why? why are they ranked where they're at? Because <laughs> there's no one playing football this year. I mean, we, we who, haven't... Who is not playing football that is preventing... Uh, that, that, that they're taking the spots up. Uh, the like, pa- Oregon is ranked. Are they not? Oregon's, like, in the top ten. Like, the Mac, the Mac isn't playing, right? The Mac isn't playing. Well, they, they haven't played yet. Like, I think they played this week. The, the games are Wednesday. The games start Wednesday. The season starts great. Wednesday for the Mac. Like, all major conferences are playing. Any team that could be considered ranked is playing. So, I have no idea how Liberty is 25th. Oh, fucking Coastal Carolina is like 14th or 15th. 
In what world, who the hell did they beat? Kansas. They beat Louisiana Lafayette. Great. They beat Kansas. Like, what, what the hell are we doing putting Coastal Carolina in the top 15? Because we don't, on what? we don't believe in 2-0 Northwestern yet. <laughs> Indiana's high. That's fun. I, I don't... I don't understand this. You, see, you asked Charlie a few weeks ago, was North Carolina really the fifth best team? Obviously not at the time. And two weeks later, obviously not. Yep. I and mean, they were fifth. It's like, Jesus Christ, what the hell are we doing? What the hell are we... These voters are so goddamn dumb. Let's put Coastal fucking Carolina 15th. So fucking stupid. Let's put Liberty. Yeah, Liberty is the 25th best team in the country, the fucking Liberty Flames. Go to hell. So goddamn stupid and meaningless. So goddamn dumb. Oh, that's the best minute in a long time on this podcast. God, I love it when I you go that, on these rants. I saw that and I'm like, this is dumb as shit. <laughs> Indiana plays, I think they play Michigan this week. So I'm rooting for Indiana because it's not going to last very long. They got like Michigan and Michigan State coming up uh, here in the next couple weeks. So maybe they can win both those games. And they play Ohio State, and we know how that's going to go. But uh, like, he's kind of not the 13th or the 14th best team. So why are you putting them there? <laughs> and it seems like, because who did they beat? They beat what? Penn State. Penn the, State was their big win, right? Pe- yep, Penn State. Where the Penn State now? Penn uh, State is not ranked. Right. Penn State's not ranked, so why don't we readjust here and say, Maybe Penn State's not any good. That's why they're not ranked. Maybe we readjust Indiana and maybe not put them at 13 because they didn't. They haven't beaten anybody now since we don't know. Since we know that Penn State maybe not all that great. But I think we, ha- we never do that. We never do that. We never readjust and say, "Well, let, let's maybe uh, bring it on back here with Indiana. Maybe not put them in 13. Maybe put them at 25." But I think then too you have to look at Carol- Coastal Carolina and what they're like six and zero now or something on the season. And be like, okay, you've won all six of your games, so you maybe should be ranked. I don't know, highest fifteen. That's that's a little absurd. Um, but at the same time, they have a larger body of work than Indiana does. Uh, so when they got there, and Louisiana was ranked for a while. Yep. And Now what's Louisiana? They lost to Coastal Carolina. Yep, I think that's their and- only loss. And it's like, let's, let's adjust things after the fact. Let's take a look. Let's take two goddamn minutes here, look at some schedules, and say, all right, at the time, we thought this was a really good win. Two or three weeks later, we look at it and say, mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not so good. So let's, let's maybe do that. We're not going to do that because we're too lazy to do that. But uh, I think that would be a little bit better representation. Because uh, Coastal Carolina at 13, 14, 15, uh, that, that would not be accurate. Yeah, and Mar- accurate. Marshall ranked the, uh, the is ranked the 15th best, 16th best team in the country, and they're 5-0. and 0. It's like, uh, is really, oh. is Marshall, Marshall, Marshall really the Marshall, best? Marshall, Marshall. I, I don't know. Uh, you had a fantastic game on... Uh, so the, anyway, the tre- just to wrap up, Trevor Lawrence not playing this week. We'll see what happens there. Uh, there's talk about maybe he wants to go back to Clemson. Hey, if I went, if I have to play the Jets or play for the Jets, maybe I, I'd think about that too. But he's going to declare, so that's that's really a non-story. You had a fantastic game on Thursday night, uh, an unexpectedly good game. 
and ultimately a disappointing result, even though uh, you weren't expecting Mitchell to beat Peer. It's still one of those things where you have a lead in the fourth quarter multiple times and then to ultimately lose a back-and-forth game like that and comes oh so close to the upset. Uh, give me your thoughts on this. How did this whole thing go down? Like with the Vikings game, like, like I, you know, I'm never surprised by anything anymore. It's like, yeah, so-and-so's probably going to win, but you never know. You have to play the game. Things happen. Weird things happen. And there wasn't any weird thing in this game. Uh, Pierre ended up winning 34-27. Mitchell led most of the way. They had three different leads in the fourth quarter. They couldn't hang on to any of them. They were, and then not a whole lot happened in the first uh, three quarters. It was 13-6. Then it was 20-13. And it was 27 to 20. Yeah, that's unbelievable that they blew three leads in the fourth quarter. Peter, they had the ball three times in the third quarter. They turned it over every time a different way. <laughs> on a fumble, on interception, and on downs. And then in the fourth quarter, they had the ball four times, and they scored every time. And there were like five touchdowns in the first six minutes of the quarter. They would score. Mitchell would score. Mitchell had a 88-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, Mitchell had a touchdown in the uh, third quarter. That was uh, about an 84-yard touchdown run. So, a lot of big plays. And Mitchell, they finished three and seven. They won their first three. Lost their last seven. Uh, they played Pier very close. Pier's a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won three straight titles. Probably not going to win it this year. Uh, they played Brookings, who was the favorite. It was nine and zero, ten and zero now. And uh, they led Brookings. They had a touchdown uh, to make it twenty five twenty four. A couple seconds into the fourth, gave up three t- straight touchdowns, lost forty four twenty five. And then they played at the time number one Gainton, who's now number two. Mitchell scores a go ahead touchdown with thirty four seconds to go, and they still lose the game. Mm-hmm. So. It was one of those types of years. They gave up a field goal for overtime and ended up losing an overtime 30-24. So they played the best three teams in the States, and they led two of them late in the game and uh, led Brookings at the start of the fourth. So 3-7 and seven team, were they better than that? I don't know that's what the record was. But, uh, yeah, a very exciting game. Disappointing uh, with, with the season and how close, how close they were. So, so yeah. many times. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like they almost chargered their way or falcon their way to a couple of losses there. Uh, now, you know, I think last or a couple of years ago we talked about Mitchell volleyball and how they have they were very young team, so they struggled and they were going to come back and, and you know the, the roster was good. They they played much better over the next year or two. Is this Mitchell squad? Is they, are they? Are they losing a lot of key pieces, or you know, because they were so close? Like, do we think that this? Do you think that this uh, that the Mitchell Colonels will take that next step next year and be a, a very tough team to play? It'll be fine next year. Their their best running back is gone. He uh, kind of petered out later in the season. Still ran for almost fifteen hundred yards, but he had that you know that big game there earlier in the season where he almost ran for four hundred and set a whole bunch of records. So he did not play as well in the second half of the season. Uh, the quarterback, he ran for 1,000 yards, so he'll be back. And they, they have no passing game to speak of, but they actually did pass it pretty well, by far their best passing game against Pierre. So they, they just need a little bit. They've got nothing right now. 
busy a little bit in the passing game. So I think they'll be fine. They run the ball, so it's all about uh, those running backs and, and the offensive line. So they should be fine uh, in that department here coming up next year. And there's going to be some changes mm-hmm. uh, with classification. They're hopefully getting rid of an 11-man class because they got four right now. They put it down to three. That'd be good. And instead of having over uh, only eight teams in Mitchell's class, uh, they would have 11 AAA. They'd get rid of AAA, and they would make that AA. Okay. They would combine some teams in AA and 11A and make that 11A, so Mitchell would be then in 11A next year, but they'd still be in the second largest class uh, with a lot of the same teams that are in there with now, but you also add West Central, and you would add Madison and T and some other uh, teams, Vermilion maybe. So you get up to about 17 teams, which is a lot better than eight. Yeah. And then uh, 11D would have about 30 teams, and I, 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 hopefully they pass this. Sounds like they will, and uh, they would have to implement it next season. I think that would be a vast improvement uh, competitive-wise for for everybody. Indeed. Indeed. And this has been something that's been talked about for a lot of years. I think a lot of people have wanted to see change. Uh, and it's nice to see that it might actually finally happen. Though, yeah. when it happens, uh, we will see. Uh, anything else sports-wise before we get into the, the, to the meat and potatoes? And uh, if you got into the, uh, the bad boy mowers... Crossover my classic. yard, uh, drag my drag my yard classic, yeah. uh, 990. Yeah. Um, so they, they get that. that. That's a good uh, good boost for them because Utah doesn't want to come here because why the hell would you want to come here? So yeah. they get uh, they got Creighton. Creighton right away, right out of the gates. So a team that I think is final is capable capabilities of reaching the final four. Uh, this is a this is very big, Corinne. So this is you know you're getting three games on the ESPN family of networks, whether that be ESPN two or ESPN U, wherever they're going to be on there, and they're going to lose all three of these games, I believe. Uh, granted, it's an entirely weird season, but if you look at look if you look at these teams that they are. Um, that they could potentially face. They're playing Creighton right away. Creighton's really good. Uh, the only team that I think they might have a decent chance against, only two teams, would be Wichita State and Dayton. But West Virginia is supposed to be really, really good. Ohio State is really good. Um, so I they think... Play, they play the loser of Dayton Wichita State, right? Uh, I, I'm pulling up the bracket here now. Let's... I believe so. I play. They, they lose to Creighton, they would play the loser of Dayton... And Wichita State, so that being what Thanksgiving at one thirty, they lose that, and they probably take on Memphis or Texas A and M. So whatever RPI should be should be a couple of nice RPI yep. games that you play there. Yep, we don't know about A and M. They might be good. Memphis, uh, interested to see what Penny Hardaway has. So yeah, I mean. Losing Duke and Utah, losing Utah doesn't matter. But Duke is uh, obviously the big one in this. This was supposed to be the battle for Atlantis. Duke was supposed to headline that crew. But, I mean, you have a lot of good, at least good mid-major teams. You know, uh, Dayton was very good last year. They won't be as good this year. But Wichita State, eh. Creighton, I think, is very good. Uh, so, yeah, they, this is good for SDSU because the level of competition that you're going to face here is not anything you're going to see probably the rest.
rest of the season unless you do some sort of regional bubble where you would play the likes of, I don't know, uh, potentially uh, like Nebraska or Minnesota, Marquette, Wisconsin. I'll have that uh, post here coming up later this month because I have uh, – I think it just makes the most sense this year in college basketball to do it. But obviously with the tournaments and stuff now, that's not going to happen. But it would seem to make the most sense. But, yeah, very good for SDSU. Looking forward to that here in a few weeks. Uh, but, of course, the 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 major headline, the, all the storylines, uh, really, it's, it's the world is watching the us uh, right now, the United States, as the election happens on uh, Tuesday, November 3rd. Um, I don't know. Do Are we just going to kind of go through some of these races here? I've got, yeah, well, I, you, a lot of people are nervous. Yeah. Obviously, I I, I, I I think Biden's gonna win. I think he's gonna win by. I think he's gonna win. It's a matter of the margin. Hopefully, he wins by a good margin. And, um, and I think Trump's gonna you, win. I guess where where do we sit right now as far as uh, what what's up for grabs? We, we kind of know most of uh, what we've got here. Yep. Uh, what what would you consider a a, a toss up state at this point? Yeah. Like, where I, I think Biden's gonna win. Uh, how do you feel, and, and what uh, what do you have up in the air? Right yeah, now? yep. So I guess just first off, in looking at some of the polling and stuff here, it just seems like it's it's grad. You know, Biden before the last presidential debate, or even right after the last presidential debate, had a double digit lead nationwide, and now that's that number keeps drifting down to seven, eight percent. Um, you know, there was a huge switch in Iowa. With uh, with independent voters, a 25 point swing in favor of of Trump, which is it's it's very it's startling because it just feels like it's 2016 uh, all over again. We're experiencing deja vu with this here. Uh, so Iowa, and I mean we have there are a lot of toss up states: Iowa, Minnesota, uh, Arizona, Georgia, Florida, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania. I mean. So those are the, the, the heavy... in North Carolina. North Carolina's a toss-up state this year. Um, I I think... Krenz, you know, I'm terrified that Trump's going to win. I really am. It. I think he's going to, just based on everything that seems to be happening again, and with, uh, with his... I don't... With all of these... these uh, you know, vehicles that are blocking traffic and preventing campaign stops for the Biden-Harris team and, and get, preventing people from getting out and voting. Like, this is this is criminal. And this, you know, you, you talk about, like, the Republicans and stuff saying that there's voter suppression. Or like, oh, you know, there's illegal ballots or illegal voting and stuff that's going on in the country. And then they're actually doing the voter suppression themselves by preventing these campaign buses and preventing people from going out and voting. And like terrorizing them, or like it, not maybe not terrorizing is the right word, but more or less just uh, intimidating them. It's it's terrible. It's and I don't understand how people think that the Democrats are doing it when you can clearly see that it's the Trump supporters that are doing this. It's despicable. It's deplorable. Our democracy is. It, I, I didn't mean to start this off right now because I know we want to talk about the battleground states, but this this is unbelievable and our democracy is at stake here it really is and regardless if, if biden wins it doesn't matter because we're going to have to worry about the mini militias 
that are going to come out. We're going to have to worry about assassination attempts on Biden and on Harris. We're going to have to worry more about, you know, the like uh, Gretchen Whitmore uh, or the governor in Michigan who had a, a, a kidnapping plot and she was going to die. Like they, they were going to kill her. There's no, you don't kidnap her and then put her on trial and just say, okay, you're like you're done. You, they would have killed her. Um, like you're going to see all these. People are fucking nuts. These people are goddamn nuts. It's, Yes, like if you were just a if if you're just a Republican and you're gonna vote along the party line because yes that that's that's what I do and or maybe you know Trump being in office is better for you like you know for your profession in terms of making money or something for your living that's I as much as it pains me that is at least a little understandable but it's these it's these batshit crazy people that go to all of these. Uh, that go to all of these rallies that believe all of the lies and that are doing all of these things that are hurting or like that are preventing people from going out and voting and it's just despicable and i would hope that people are seeing this and and stuff and saying like whoa wh- why how can i vote for this guy I, I, that's what it is it's just despicable on every level one side, the Democrats want to go out and vote, and we've seen a lot of early voting record numbers, almost 100 million people. Mm-hmm. The other side want to prevent them from voting. Yeah. That's, their, that's their thing. They don't have any ideas. They, they want to win. They don't have any ideas of how to govern, of how to run the country. They have no ideas. Mm-hmm. Their sole purpose is just to win elections. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing they want to do. And when they're in there, they don't do anything positive. That's their only purpose. Yep. And... And Trump doesn't give a shit about Trump's it. Trump's done and, and all that stuff, but I, I don't. I, people got to be tired of this. There, there's way too many people that uh, like him. That mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked at that. Mm-hmm. Um, way too many people out there. And he won the first time. He, he's down even more. This would be even. Uh, I was shocked when he won the first time. Mm-hmm. This would, I would. I would be even more shocked if he won this time, based on. Where the number sits, I, and I don't. I don't trust the polls, Krenz. I don't trust them after 2016. I just don't. Like the polls are pretty. I mean, polls are pretty much right. But nationally, at least they were. Hillary Clinton was never this big of a favorite. Biden's up, you know, seven, eight points nationally. She was up by about three at this point. I, um, I will believe I, it when uh, I see it. I've got what, real, uh, real clear politics. I don't know if you've been there, but they've got a nice interactive map in which you can kind of mark what you think is going to happen. Yep. Uh, um, I've been they've to- got a lot of states that are toss-ups. Yep. Um, um, I guess I, I, I did it yesterday. I don't think I'm changing anything. I have it. Biden at 341, Trump at 197. Okay. So- got, I mean, Minnesota, I don't consider Minnesota a toss-up state. Uh, Trump's going to... I don't think Trump wins that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't think. They think it's a toss-up. I don't think so. So we're marking Minnesota to Biden. Yep. Uh, they've got Nevada. I think Biden wins that. I don't consider that in question. Uh, Iowa's close. I think Trump wins Iowa because it's Iowa. Everybody hates the state. They're a bunch of dumb fuckers. Um... Wisconsin and Michigan, uh, I got that. Democrats right there. Um, Biden's ahead by a lot in those states, so I don't. I 
not, I'm not, I'm not concerned about Wisconsin and Michigan. Only thing Mike has got to do, uh, if you're going off the map from four years ago, win Wisconsin, win Michigan, and then win one other state. Pennsylvania, Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Out of seven states, win one, and we're done. So and you win by the slimmest of margins, but you win. Yep, um, I, I do think. I, I, I'm hopeful that uh, what the numbers are showing it holds true that Minnesota and Wisconsin and and Michigan hold blue because I mean Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania were states that Hillary did not win in 2016 that Biden needs to win in order to to win the presidency he's got to flip those those three states to me are the the are the absolute uh, turning points here in this election if Trump wins any of those states. I think Trump wins the election. I I really do. Um, I, I, I know Biden wins all of them, but even if he doesn't, he can still win. Like Trump yes, needs to win yep. all of them. Yeah, Biden needs to win one. Yep. So okay, you, you, okay, we got Minnesota. Do you, you agree with where we stand so far? Minnesota uh, goes to Biden. Yes. Iowa goes to Trump. Yes. Yep. Nevada, Wisconsin, and Michigan go to Biden. Yes, the the one th- I think I think Michigan and Wisconsin are I, I feel a little I feel more confident in in predicting that Biden will win Wisconsin and Michigan. Pennsylvania is a little more of an interesting story, and I get that Biden's from Pennsylvania, so it shouldn't be that hard. But with the fracking comments and the the lack of clarification there, and then Trump signing that uh, that executive order last week at the at the rally, just I mean, regardless of the meaning behind it, uh, he did it. It was a it's a it's a political tactic, and it serves him well because of Biden's comments involving fracking and what that will do for families in Pennsylvania. I lean towards Biden taking Pennsylvania, but it is far from a certain thing. I think Michigan and Wisconsin are far more likely for Biden than Pennsylvania. Just looking at the polls here, you, you, you brought that uh, Trafalgar group up a couple days ago. Yes, yep. And, and we talked about how they pretty much have everything leaning towards Trump, and they were right last time, and, and, and we'll see if they're right again this year, and if they are, he'll win it again. But if, if you don't, if you discount them, which I kind of do, if you discount them, I'm looking at the poll history of Pennsylvania, and there's no less than probably 50 poll results going back all the way to the beginning of the year mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania and I only see Trump leading in three of them four of them okay. Biden leads in like 45 of them and so I, I like real clear politics because that's where all the information is but I don't like that they give weight to every poll the same so they've got Biden even though Biden has won literally like 45 of the 50 poll results in Pennsylvania this year, they have him up three points. Like, how is that possible? How are you up three points? Uh, I just don't understand that. That he wins everyone by a good margin, but because this poll says Trump is ahead by two and this poll says Trump's ahead by one, like, they're having these polls mean the same. But it is, so... I'm putting Pennsylvania, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I'm putting Pennsylvania in Biden's category uh, because he's led there the entire way. It's going to be close. 
Um, we'll see what happens, but I think he wins all those three states that were the difference last time, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and and he doesn't have to win any of these others, which I think he will. I think he'll win Florida. I think he'll win Arizona. Mm-hmm. I think he'll also win North Carolina. I think he'll win all of these states, so I think he'll win by about 140, 50 electoral college votes. Um, two, the two states I am most interested in, mm-hmm. number one is Texas, and number two is Georgia. I think Biden can win Georgia. I don't think he's going to win Texas. I don't think he's going to win either of them. But they intrigue me a lot because they're very, very close. Yes. So the way I look at it is, for the day before the election, Biden is ahead 10 points nationally, and he is tied in Texas. I'll take that. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win by a good margin. And I think we're going to know the winner tomorrow night. It's going to take a while for some of these votes to, to be counted. Mm-hmm. I think enough states are going to be ahead by by enough to where we're not going to have to worry. Uh, uh, we're going to have to worry about some stuff, which we can get into later. But yeah. I think the race can be called tomorrow with Biden the winner. Interesting to note about Texas. Uh, there was, uh, I know, some Republican leaders down there were trying to bring something up to a, a federal judge or like a, a state judge on discounting 127,000 uh, ballots that were cast in Harris County, which is the county seat or the the county that Houston, the city of Houston resides in. It's largely Democratic leaning. It's a um, and the judge said no. You're not throwing these. Out, uh, maybe they didn't know, but everyone's voice or vote should count. So that's a significant win there for Texas. That those 127,000 votes aren't uh, happening. You know, we I remember you know we were talking about how Beto O'Rourke almost beat Ted Cruz a couple years ago here, and like would Texas really turn blue? And I I can't do it until I see it happen. I can't do it. So I am giving. Texas to 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 Trump. As would I, as um, would I. But I think it's like if you want to go bold, then you give Biden both Texas and Georgia, mm-hmm. and then you and then he wins by like three hundred electoral votes and he gets yep. past four hundred, and this is a landslide, which yep. would be oh my god, I couldn't I couldn't even uh, imagine how happy I would be if he were to win Texas and Georgia. Oh, uh, yep. that would be. It would be game over. It would, it would it would be all but over then. Um, Georgia is very interesting. I have a couple of uh, races here because I, I jotted down some notable Senate races because that's another big big ploy in all big play in all of this here is the the hope that or the the hope from the Democratic side that they can turn the Senate blue, which I think is a, it's very doable and. Uh, looking here at a couple of these races, you have a David Perdue, a Republican. Uh, he's the incumbent against John Ossoff. Uh, Perdue is, seems like a shady character, but he's uh, favored to win in that 59 to 41 is kind of the split there. 59 times out of 100, he would win. Um, but this, this in is the. Georgia? In Georgia? Yep, David Perdue. I've got it 49 47. Really? Okay, see, I was getting. So I. Perdue by Okay, I have. I was getting the so these results that I'm I'm talking about here come from five thirty eight. Um, okay, I've got it on uh, Real Clear Politics. They had a poll today. Looks like from a TV station in Georgia. They got Purdue by two. This other one they've got Ossoff by one on Sunday. Another one, yeah. So I, I think this is a 
maybe they're going. I don't know what they're going by, but mm-hmm. like this is a, this is a close. Like this one is probably going to be pretty similar to to the presidential race. This okay. one is you know neck and neck. And then the uh, the other race is between uh, Raphael Warnock and Kelly Loeffler, and Kelly Loeffler is a is a rather despicable human being in my opinion, um, and it appears that Warnock is the Democrat is the favorite here to to take down Kelly Loeffler. So that would be a flip there, and so. This was a special okay. runoff. This was a runoff. So there's like five different candidates listed. Yeah. So so Warnock will win that one, and they'll go to whenever it is January or whenever, and we'll see what happens there. Yeah. So so Georgia could have two Democratic senators. Yeah. We'll I probably hopefully at least. The more we're talking here, I I'd love to see Georgia go blue. But these southern states are just so difficult to peg. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, South Carolina, Lindsey Graham's, you know, begging like a little baby on Fox News all times of the... I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable what he's doing. And Fox News actually cut him off last week on the Laura Ingraham program, which was uh, very, very funny to me. Uh, because he's like, oh, my opponent, Jamie Harrison's out uh, fundraising me. Wah, wah, if you have any money. And now all of a sudden... He seems like he's favored in this. At least that's what, according to 538, um, says. Like he he would win, you know, 79 times out of 100. Jamie Harrison, 21 times. I think it's closer than that. I'll, I think South Carolina. Yeah, uh, yeah, what, East, yeah. I, I think Lindsey Graham's gonna win. Uh, East Carolina had a poll Wednesday, put Lindsey Graham up 49-46. So okay, close, but I'm sure he'll probably win. And the presidential race won't be nearly that close. Right. It, it would be great to see Harrison win. And I think if, if Harrison were to win South Carolina, I think that would I think that would ultimately signal a, a great night ahead for Democrats, uh, for the for the Democratic Party. Because if some guy, you know, if, if a guy like Jamie Harrison, who's fundraising like crazy in South Carolina, has really hit home on a lot of key points. Because Lindsey Graham's not a great guy. Um but if he can win South Carolina, I think that would give a, a, a large beacon of hope for how the rest of the night would go, not only in the Senate, but perhaps in the presidency. It's not an end-all, be-all. I mean, Lindsey Graham's supposed to, he's the incumbent, he's supposed to win. But if there's an upset there, I think that would perhaps bode well for the Democratic Party overall um, throughout the night. So that, I think, is a... To me, that's the most interesting race in all of this to watch, just because it's the one that's garnered the most attention in large part because of the fundraising that Harrison's been able to do and also the the whining and uh, begging that Graham has done on national television. Yeah, that's probably one of the premier races. Um, In the House, Democrats are probably going to build their lead there. So, um, because they got a lot of... uh, a lot of spots that they can uh, they can gain a lot of seats in the House, which are they're already up by quite a bit, and I think they're going to overtake the Senate, which is quite something. Um, Doug Jones, he's going to lose in Alabama to Tommy Tuberville, so that gives that one back. That sucks because uh, Tommy Tuberville yeah. is a, a great. He was a fine head coach, but he knows nothing about the politics. It, it's been shown multiple times in videos and stuff. I think Doug Jones. 
uh, has done a great job. I remember watching that night when he won that that Alabama runoff special, and Charles Barkley was going absolutely nuts uh, over him uh, winning. I wish that Doug Jones would win, but I I fear like you that he will lose, and he is uh, Tommy Tuberville is heavily favored to win that race. I think they'll overtake the Senate, which is something. Uh, Arizona, I think that'll flip to the Democratic side. Um, Colorado, uh, Susan Collins in Maine, I think she's going to lose. So that I would agree. be enough right there. Yep. Um, I think North Carolina would be the other one. So, um, Joni Ernst in Iowa, uh, she probably is going to win. But um, they need to uh, win the presidency, then they need to flip three seats. So if they lose Doug Jones, they need to flip four. I think those four would be uh, Colorado, Arizona, Maine, and North Carolina, and then the uh, the Democrats would have uh, have all three branches, all two branches, I guess, mm-hmm. and the White House, the House, and the Senate. Now, let me ask you this, because I think I think the 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 way that the Supreme Court nomination went, just given the con the the comments and the the tactics that the Republican Party had used in 2016 or uh, to prevent president then president Obama from nominating someone they said oh you have to have control or you can't do this in a year when the president series up like that's for the president to decide that's that's my Mitch McConnell uh, voice I should should talk more slow I guess anyway um, so I think just the the hypocrisy there in terms of how the Republicans got, you know, uh, Amy Conan Barron uh, nominated and and in uh, and uh, so she's you know taking the place of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I think that that has an impact on this election because I think people will look at the shadiness of that or just like I said the hypocrisy and I think that could be a factor in this race more so on the presidential side than any of these Senate or House races. But I do think you know, they played the long game there to get the long-term result that they want with the, with the Republican there taking Ruth Bader Ginsburg's spot. But I think it could hurt them in this election with some of these some of these races, but more so on the presidential race. I would hope so. Yeah, they confirmed her eight days before the election. I mean, I mean like I said, their, their sole purpose is to win. Sole purpose is to win, and now the Supreme Court is a six to three majority uh, for the Republicans. And Trump got to fill three seats. Um, Obama couldn't fill one with ten months to go. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's time for Democrats to get a little dirty here because Republicans have no shame. They have no shame. They don't give a shit what they do. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They, they will nominate Donald Trump, and they don't care how terrible he is. Because they know he'll nominate the folks that they want for the courts. They'll give the tax credits to the rich folks. Mm-hmm. They know he'll get done what they want done. And they don't give a shit uh, what it is. And we're talking here that this election, it might be close, and it shouldn't be. By all means, this should be a uh, landslide of landslides, the way this guy has been for the past four or five years. But we're talking, well... Biden should win, but uh, a lot of people are nervous. You're right, friends. It, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that difficult. 
but we didn't we didn't expect the result that we got in 2016. And the the base, and I'm not even going to say the Republican base. I'm going to say the Trump base has got just get gotten so much more emboldened. And my hope is that people just don't say, "Well, I'm not going to vote in this election." You have you, you should vote. You should vote in this election. Regardless of, and I meant, I said this last week, regardless of who you vote for, Democrat or Republican, your vote matters. And you live in a country where, like, where people don't vote, that, that the voter turnout is low, and countries around the world would kill to have a free election like the United States has. Um, and if you're going to go vote, and I hope you do, don't vote for your cat, don't vote for your dead relative, don't vote in Mickey Mouse, because you're not taking the process seriously this is a there's a lot at stake here and there's a lot at stake in every election but it seems more so like the, this year uh, it's the most important election of our lifetimes so take it seriously regardless of who you vote for trump or biden but just just take it seriously and vote for a candidate and not for garfield your cat or meal or whoever the hell some of the, I assume some of the early voting is due to COVID. People wanting to get that in and done. Yep. Not wanting to wait. And, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with Trump. Like, people are not turning out to keep him in office. They're turning out to get rid of him. Well, I, I, Republicans, though, are making a strong point or a strong push, too, to get the early vote out because they want to keep him. So I think it's, I think it's twofold. It's not all just a, a Democratic swing. Republicans are doing a fair share of the... Uh, the early voting as well. I just don't see it. Maybe don't vote on election day, but I don't. 2018, the Democrats in the end, once, once things got counted up, they really dominated two years ago, uh, overtaking the House. And, you know, Beto uh, lost by three points in Texas. It was a really good night for Democrats two years ago. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a website I've been following here, found it a week ago. I'm really interested because if things go big for Biden, then these guys, these guys think it's going to go big for Biden. They're out of uh, Canada. It's called Lean Toss-Up is the website. Okay. And I've been following them. And they not only think Biden's going to win big, they think he's going to win Georgia and Texas. So those are the, the two ones I'm interested in because I, Georgia maybe, Texas is awfully close, but I just don't. We'll, we'll see, but we, we don't think he's going to win Texas. I think Georgia, he has a much better chance to win Georgia than Texas. And yes, I, I yes. think he's got a better I mean, chance to win Texas than Florida. I think, I think he wins Florida. I think Biden wins Florida. I, That's a big one. I, I think he wins. I just, I don't see it. I think Florida has too, too many... <clears throat> Old people, and granted, if you believe any of the polls uh, that that Biden is up amongst the the senior vote than Hillary was last year by about like six points or something, or maybe six points above Trump, and that would loom large. That would play a significant role in in Florida and determining who wins that. But I I just see that being too much of a, a of a Republican base of the elderly down there, and I think that Florida will. Um, Florida will remain red, um, but I think Texas, f for whatever reason, I feel like Texas is almost a little more liberal than Florida is right now, 
And I think, so I think Biden has a better chance to win Texas than he does Florida. And this lean toss-up site, and they, they, they're big for Biden because they're looking at some of how things went in 2018 and how close those races were. They were losses, but how that now Biden is outperforming them. And now maybe some of the, the recent polls in which he's maybe trailing away one or two points, uh, the, the electorate or those polls they looked at doesn't represent the people who are actually going to vote. So like, like Stacey Abrams, who mm-hmm. ran for governor in Georgia and lost. Love her. She's, a, um, she's an up-and-coming, yeah. she's a rising star in, amongst the Democratic Party. And she almost won, and she maybe should have won. Um, Stacey Abrams, she lost the white vote in Georgia by 48% uh, two years ago. And she almost won. According to them, Biden is only down 30 points among white guys, white people. Stacey Abrams lost by 48%. Biden, according to them, is down 30%. So if that is accurate, that would seem to me like Biden's going to win Georgia. I don't. That is accurate. I don't want to be sexist here, but could that part, could that swing be more so because he is a male versus Stacey Abrams being a female? Possible, but whatever it is, that's good. And also, they say Biden favored to win the black vote in Georgia by eighty percent, which would be a 90-10 split, which is kind of where it's at. So, if he only loses the white vote in Georgia by thirty percent instead of forty-eight percent, that's an eighteen percent improvement then he would win Georgia, it would appear. What do you... It it seems to me, in some of the stuff that I've read and been been seen on television and stuff, that that the Democrat... Like, people believe that black voters are being taken for granted by the Democratic Party and that there is significant movement towards... um, them going for Trump this, this time around... I don't know what how significant it would have to be, how, how significant of a swing that would have to be, but it, do you give any credence to that? Uh, what could this no. mean? and Anything like that? I don't see that at all. Okay. I feel like a 90-10 split. 90, 90 to 10. 90% blacks to Biden, 10% for Trump. Does, uh, that's right. does the recent uh, campaign video by Trump with the speech that Biden had in 1995 uh, indicating who he was referring to and talking about criminals and, and stuff like that, does that impact him amongst black registered voters? I, I wouldn't think so because Trump's done so much worse stuff. Oh, well, yeah, but they don't... Like, he's, he's not on the trail today saying it's ridiculous. <laughs> Shit, like he. Whenever I see Biden, he's pretty upbeat. Whenever I see Trump, it looks like he needs a fucking IP. Like he, he, uh, he was talking about LeBron James today in Pennsylvania. He was talking about Lady Gaga. Uh, Trump is now claiming he's won four Nobel Peace Prizes when he has won zero. Um, like he's out of his fucking mind. Like he's somebody that's be literally put in a mental institution because he believes this shit, and the people he is telling this to believes this shit. And you're mentally ill. You're mentally incompetent to literally live in society. That's how ridiculous he is. Then why are there so uh-huh. why are there so many independent voters who are undecided, or maybe not independent, but undecided voters here this year? And 
I, I, I just, think there's, there's way less. The reason why I think Biden's going to win, people like him more than Hillary Clinton. We agree on that, right? Yes. Yes, we do. People didn't like Hillary. They like Joe Biden more than her. Uh, they hate Trump more than they did four years ago. He yes. is less popular now by a lot. They still got his idiots to follow him. But we've seen where we were uh, voting for Trump the candidate four years ago. Now we're voting for Trump the president. I wanted to see what he would do. It was a fucking disaster. So we got that. That's number two. Okay. Uh, number three is there's fewer undecideds. It's like, oh, do I vote for Trump? I don't want to vote for Hillary. Do I vote for Trump? I don't want to vote for him. Fewer undecided. Like, like I said, if you're undecided in this one, then you're, then you're a stupid son of a bitch as well. Because uh, if you can't decide between these two, then 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 you're dumb. Yeah. So I we like Joe Biden better. We hate Trump more, and uh, there, there's fewer undecided. But don't you think those undecided voters could ultimately decide the election, regardless of how small, uh, like how much smaller the number Maybe. is than 2016? And I think I mean I would assume they're going to break for Biden. Those undecided. Like I don't know what what at, what at the end here they're 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 thinking about or what makes them undecided like if you haven't decided now if you didn't decide years ago how you're going to vote in this election I don't know what's wrong with you and I don't know what Trump has done to say you know what I gotta go with him again mm-hmm. I, I, I want to give him another chance to fuck everything up yeah I liked him I like I like that he fucked everything up so I want that to continue so um I don't yeah so so where else here? Yeah, uh, one one thing that I'm, I'm looking at here, like uh, in North Carolina, and I've, I've seen more commercials of this because uh, I've watched Virginia Tech on the ACC network uh, a couple of times here this this fall. But uh, Cal Cunningham is the Democratic candidate against Tom Tillis. Tom Tillis sounds uh, he he seems like he's done some shady stuff just based on from what I'm seeing and reading about here. Uh, so Cal Cunningham's Democrat. He should win that. If it, I think if, if Cal Cunningham wins, yep. that does that mean North Carolina turns blue? Uh, whereas if you know Tom Tillis wins, or does that not factor into the presidential race at all? I would say a little bit. Yeah, I, I would say I think Cunningham was going to win that Senate seat, and I think Biden is also going to win North Carolina, which is another state that he can win, which would push him over the top. I think he's going to win multiple states. That'll push them over the top. And the good news is, a lot of these states are on the East Coast. So we should know these maybe a little bit earlier. So hopefully we can get these in uh, a little bit earlier. Certainly, um, Biden is not the long-term answer for the Democratic Party. And he's not the long-term... He's not the long-term answer here. Like I think there, were, there are far... There would be, potentially be other better candidates for the Democratic Party, but they, they chose Joe Biden, and that's fine. Like given what he did uh, in helping with you know the the recession in two thousand eight and the economic recovery, and uh, he did a lot of good work with President o- President Obama. So that is that is understandable. That that's maybe why they leaned. I don't know if Joe Biden's the safe one. It to me it just I, it comes down to this for me. I don't. He's not the long-term answer. I don't know who the long-term answer is in the Democratic side, but he is the more. He's the moral. He has the moral values. He has uh, plans and, or ideas and stuff for climate change and education and just getting you know the the virus. I mean, the fact that Anthony Fauci now is in a public dispute with Trump should speak volumes to everyone. Um, 
that at least believes that this virus is going to continue past election day. And so I think, you know, just those three points and just getting the United States back to respectability, because regardless of how people want to look at it, like, yeah, America's first. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know, if you want to, if you're looking at it that way, but other countries around the world are, are laughing at us. And it's not that Joe Biden's going to make the United, like them gain, regain fully the trust that has been it'll lost help. over it'll these last four lot. years. It'll help a lot. It will. It will help a lot, and it'll help bridge towards the following four years when we see who can come out on the, the side from both from both parties. Because uh, I really like Governor Kasich from uh, Ohio in 2016. He was the candidate for me that I wanted to see run. Uh, he was he was a Republican governor from Ohio, but he just he was so much more moderate. He he was civilized and everything. I think that's what we need here. We need someone who's going to be civil and try and unite the country. Because Bi- that Biden will attempt to do that. He will attempt to unite the country. Whether or not he's able to succeed or not is largely dependent on how Trump handles the loss and what he tells his ardent supporters. Which is why I fear that many militias are going to build all around the country. And that we're going to see potentially more assassin- assassination attempt or an assassination attempt on uh, Biden and or uh, Kamala Harris, I think, we're, and subsequently other areas, I think maybe could, we could see businesses being taken over by militias and stuff. I would hope that that doesn't happen, but I fear that that will happen if Biden wins. Um, I don't know. I rambled on there a lot. Any anything there I, that, I that sticks out? I don't think I don't think Trump will ever concede the election. No matter what the margin is, whether it's uh, a one-state difference or if he loses uh, by a lot, even if he loses by, you know, 100 electoral votes, I don't think he will concede. I don't think he will ever concede the election. Uh, He will take it to the courts, and he will do whatever he does there, because that's what he always does with his thousands and thousands of lawsuits that he's done his entire life. That's what his strategy is. Uh, Nothing is going to change. He's going to try and do the court game, and I don't think there's going to be anything. I think we're going to lose by so much that it's going to be ridiculous, but I don't think we're done with them. We have to do one more stupid, ridiculous couple of months here uh, with all of this battle, even though I think it'll be clear. Uh, if not an election night, then a day or two after that Biden won, and hopefully by, by a good margin. So, yeah, we got a couple months more of this idiot, and uh, we've let the idiots run the country for four years, and we've seen how that, that's gone, so that, let's get back to Let's get back to normal here, but uh, I think it's going to be an absolute mess, at least for Trump's side. Like it's going to be ugly. Like, like you've seen the, the people putting the plywood on the stores and barricading everything. Like, mm-hmm. what fucking country is this? To where there's an election tomorrow, and we're getting ready for people to take to the streets to burn down the country. But I think that's going to be regardless of who wins. Regardless if Democrats win or Republicans win. You're going to have the other side that's going to be so angry and go out in the street. I've, it's just... I, I just... I'm at a loss of words, really, with how sad it is that the, the country has deteriorated and that the democracy and everything... And again, you know what... Antifa, and I mean, there are extremists on both sides. So I'm not saying that there's one side that is uh, clearly worse than the other. But I mean, when you have white supremacists on one side, that's an easy no. Um, it's just, 
I, I don't understand how we got to this point in such a well. It's, it's I guess it's easy in such a short amount of time when you look at the guy who's in the office. I mean, and that's all it, it boils down to is just what do you want to do for civility? If you want to say that, if you firmly believe that America is better today than it was four years ago, that's laughable. It, it absolutely is. Your life may be better because Trump is better for you for your job. But it is not, the country is not better. I'm voting in this election because I need someone who's going to bring that civility into the White House. And I'm thinking of Noah, my son's future. I'm thinking of his education. I'm thinking about the world that he's going to inherit for climate change and stuff. If we can get someone in there who's serious about doing that and helping to rectify the issues that have that have taken place here and you can you know the, the heat domes that are that covered california and the entire west coast for months that helped fuel the for the the fires that were ravaging in those western states that's what i'm voting for i'm voting not just for for what's best for the country now but for my children i'm not just thinking about me i'm thinking about everyone and i wish that would be what people think of here, regardless of whether they're Republican or Democrat. I think we got here because a black man won the presidency in 2008, which was very surprising. In in like he, he was going to win that race. Him beating Hillary Clinton was a surprise. Him beating John McCain was, was expected. So Obama's in the White House. We elected a black guy in a country that is deeply rooted in racism. Mm-hmm. That was very surprising. And then you have a guy in Trump who questioned whether or not Obama was born in this country, which is a very racist thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how he got his political prominence. And then he runs for office as a publicity stunt, runs for president as a, just to get his name out there, I guess, his brand out there. I don't, he, he never thought he would win this thing. Nobody no. thought he would win this thing. There was a video I saw Unfortunately, on Twitter a couple hours ago, of uh, just the build-up, it's like a two-minute video on Twitter of uh, people saying, who do you think's going to be the Republican nominee? And a lot of people, and you know, these white-wing white wing people saying, I think Trump's going to be it. And, and the audience laughs at him. And they should have, because who the hell would have nominated him? And then it shows them, oh, he won the thing. And everybody's dreading that again. So... He tapped into the racist vein in this country, and he won enough of those votes last time to win in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and he's going to try it again um, to go to the to the lowest voters, the dumbest voters, the poorest voters, uh, the voters that can't tell, the, the, the racist voters, the people that hate black people and non-white people and hate brown people. He's trying to go, though that, that those are his people. And I've said many times that if, if you are, if you like Trump, I cannot like you because you cannot support a person who does and says the things he's done. If, if you support him, if you vote for him, then you are not a good person. Yeah. And to me, that's what it boils down to. To me, so Trump ended up winning because he went after the racist votes, which apparently is still well and alive in this country. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic or overstate this, but... My faith in humanity, uh, or my faith in the American people, is at stake in this one. Like, just, 
I, I, again, I've mentioned this several times. I view myself as an independent. I'm going to listen, you know, I'm going to vote for the candidate that I think is the best, uh, that more aligns with some of my, what the, where I stand on certain issues. So I'm not going to vote just strictly left. I'm not going to vote just strictly right. I'm going to vote on who I think is the best person or the best candidate for the job. And right now, we need not just the best candidate, we need the best person. We need a person that is going to help heal this country, both from the virus and from the issues, uh, the, the, race, the racism, the systematic racism issues that are plaguing this country, that are so prevalent. Uh, the latest incident being in Philadelphia. Um, we need someone to, to do that. And Trump just isn't it. He isn't presidential. In order to have respect, you can have respect for the office, but for you to respect the president, he must show respect to the office and to the country, and he is not. And the people who think that he cares about you, he doesn't. He cares only about himself and his image. The fact that he uses a Bible for a political stunt, and I'm, you know, I've heard on the radio several times that Joe Biden talks about his faith, talks about his religion and stuff. And people will say, oh, well, Trump's deeply religious and everything. He's just plain to you. I mean, that, and that's the, that's the political game. But there is no one who is... Like, politics are despicable. I think we can, we can say that. But the, there... Everyone has an agenda, but there is certainly something that can be said about evil. And there is a lot of evil within the president, within the White House right now. And that's, I, I'm sorry, you can hate me all you want for it, but that's what I'm voting to get rid of. It's just... I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's what a lot of people, I think, are in agreement with you. Trump is literally one of the worst people ever. Like, one of the worst people ever this country has ever produced. This thing that's going to end up killing 300,000 by the end of the year, like, he doesn't care about that. Like, he said he doesn't care about anybody but himself. Like, he's, he's one of the worst people ever. Take away the presidency, whatever. The things he says, the way he treats people, the way he acts, he's the worst... One of the worst, he is the worst person I have ever seen mm -hmm. in this country, on this stage, with this power. For me, nobody to him comes close. Well, you give away all, all the factors in this time, in these modern times, that we elected this guy, like, we deserve it. And if he wins tomorrow, then we deserve everything that's coming our way. And we know what's coming our way. Because yep. you've got four years of this. And I wanted to know what it was like when he was going to win. I had I, I didn't think he'd win last time. Well, I found out what it was, and it was it was somehow worse than I thought. Somehow way worse than I thought. <laughs> and this has been a disaster. And by all measures, he's the worst president we've ever had. And I'm not nervous tomorrow because I don't think he's going to win. And I think tomorrow's going to be a very happy day in which he gets his brains blown out I... with a bunch of with a bunch of votes. That are gonna fucking shut him up, not for good, but for a little bit, and we can hopefully move on and get past this terrible point in history 
and restore some order to a country that maybe on its last legs. We'll see how long we have as a democracy. Because you just hear stories all the time of, you know, we're, we're actually in the count the votes, Dak, and we're actually, they're going to actually allow the votes to be counted with some of these decisions that have been made. Because their whole thing is, well, let's see if we can maybe get 100,000 votes in Houston, in that county, to, yeah. to not, in not yep. be counted. Yep. And maybe we can uh, get this bus, maybe do that, that, that bus incident from a couple of days ago. And, well, if you, if you don't count the votes by Tuesday, then uh, the election's invalid. And, like, no no election in the hit, no presidential election in the history of this country has been completed the night of. We've known the results pretty much every night uh, mm-hmm. of the election, yeah. but uh, it, it takes a lot to, to count up 150-some votes, and it's never been done on one night. So they know they're going to lose. They expect they're going to lose. That's what I expect, and um, I've been looking forward to tomorrow for a long time, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I wish I could share your optimism uh, and your approach to this. Um, I've just resigned myself to the fact that it's not going to happen, just based on what I've seen from the last four years and based on what I'm seeing lately in the polls and the shifts and stuff and what I'm seeing from the actions of Trump supporters blocking traffic from trying to prevent... Uh, from restricting restrictive voting measurements, uh, from having one ballot drop box in every county in Texas, which is ludicrous, uh, from uh, Minnesota's eighth dis- uh, district court or whatever saying that if your vote isn't in received by November third, it, it, it's not it doesn't count. So I could have put it in the mail today, and it might not it might not count. Um, there's so much. There's so many examples right now of intimidation and suppression that it they're has. Trying. They're trying their damnedest. They are. Because they know they're trying this because they know they don't have the votes. They know they they know that the only way they can win is to cheat. I, the only way they know how to win is to is to cheat. And the fighting spirit of a lot of people, I think, uh, have been even become even more emboldened by these measures, and they're going to do the, whatever they can to vote if they haven't done so already. But my, I think it, it also helped the other side to say, "No, this ain't going to happen." Yep, my it, vote is no, that, count. and that's what I mean. Fuck me around. Again. Yep, and 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 that's what I mean. But yeah. I I just I'm seeing everything here, and I am. I, last week, I was hopeful for the best, expecting the worst. And just with how things have continued to progress, I now just flat out expect the worst. And I'm, I've, it's going to be fantastic if Biden wins. But I've resigned myself to the fact that we are going to endure four more years of this just because of everything that I am seeing that is wrecking this democracy. And I see so much stuff on social media, Facebook in particular, on uh, the evilness of the Democratic Party and stuff. And then when I post, and and I'm glad that the, those people, because we've we've gone into some back and forths with with uh, with some people on Facebook on f- posts that I've talked about with regards to um, you know the police in Kenosha and and uh, the American flag and other stuff. Um, I don't want those people to comment on my post. Like I, I had a post this morning about, or this afternoon about uh, what traffic is doing. I said, "This is our democracy. Uh, it's at stake. It's it's 
it's gone. It's or it, it's 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 de- depleting. It's 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 leaving us. It's eroding, and I. I don't want those people to say, oh, it's alive and well, but I think they know. I think that's why they aren't commenting because they know that their actions are hypocritical to what's going on. They just want to win. And if they don't care about the next four years. All they care about is winning. And that is my fear that ultimately we won't be able to overcome that. So I'm resigned to that fact. It's going to suck. I hope for the best. Um, and maybe I'm, I'm taking this... A little above and beyond of in terms of my expectations, but like mine, mine is a clear favorite here. Like he is the favorites, and this would be a huge upset if he doesn't win. I like he is yep. pretty much there. He he like literally he needs one state. There's like seven we don't know. He needs one. I, is Trump going to win all of these? No. Is he going to win some of them? Yes. Can yeah. he win all of them? He has to. Let's get okay. Then I'm going to go off of this. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get you a map here and see where you sit. Yeah, no, I I had it pulled up. I've changed this map several different times. So okay, because well, I've got it three forty one. Yep. To three ninety seven. Yep. Let's go state by state here. Yep. I'm I'm doing this here as as we speak because I I changed it multiple times from what I what I am I'm going with what I believe. Is possible, not necessarily. What do you think, what do you think is going to happen? Because I've got it here. What I think is going to happen, I've got it. I think my my final total is three forty one to one ninety seven. That's my final number. And mine is as I am here. Oh, oh there we go. And I have. 290 to 248, I see as the best case scenario for Biden. Biden With Biden. That is is a best case scenario, and that is entirely reliant on Pennsylvania, which I am fearful he is not going to win. That to me is, if if Biden wins, it's going to be by that narrow of a margin. Minnesota, you have Minnesota as a Democrat. I do have Minnesota as a Democrat. I have Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania all as Democrats. I have Nevada and Arizona okay. as Democrat. Everything Nevada and everything else is a Republican. Yes. Texas, Georgia, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina. Even though I have hope for Georgia, and I have hope, you know, for North Carolina, but I, until it happens, I, I just have I have a hard time swinging it that way. You have two ninety one to two forty seven, right? Uh, 290 to 248. Am I missing something here? Because uh, I... Like the, the, the one in Maine, the one in Nebraska, I gave those both to Biden. Okay, I gave um, I gave the Maine one to Biden. I gave the Nebraska one to um, to Trump. Under your scenario, change change Pennsylvania to Trump. Yep, it's and Biden would still win, would, would still be leading there. Biden would still win. Yep, by two. It, it, it would be by two. It would be very close. 270 to 268. <laughs> So there's margin for error there. There, there is. Right. I, I though. It's just my. It's my fate. It, it. I don't know if this is my sports. That you know my sports upbringing or you know the the, the teams that I cheer for, um, that constantly underperform and constantly lose, and it's just a struggle all the time. And you know, regardless of what I want from them, 
And what I want in this, what I'm hopeful we get, it it just doesn't happen. I feel like a jinx in that regard. So I, I just look at this as saying what I am hopeful for, what I would love to see happen, isn't going to happen because that's just the way it's gone. We agree on 48 of the 50 states. You have, we uh, disagree on North Carolina and Florida. Okay. You've got Trump winning those. I have Biden winning those. That is the only place where we disagree. Well, that, and ultimately, it won't matter because I've got him winning a little bit bigger than you do, but you still have him winning I, even without Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm looking at Pennsylvania But I'm looking at that as a best case scenario. Like what I what I think could happen. Uh, just with the expectations. Afraid I'm afraid that you know with the fracking issue in Pennsylvania that that Trump okay. wins that Trump wins that one. I don't know. I th- I've heard he's not doing as well with the Hispanic vote as um, as perhaps Hillary did last in 2016. So let's say that it's a couple of states that really are that are leaning Democrat right now, but aren't Nevada and Arizona. Let's say he. Let's say if Trump wins those three, I mean then it's. Oh, yeah, if he wins one of those, Nevada or Arizona, he wins the playoffs. Like Arizona right now, maybe. Um, Arizona, latest full coming out of there today at a tide, and Biden by two. So that is a definite toss up. And mm-hmm. Nevada at Biden by two, and Biden by two. So yeah, definitely close. They've got them both, but yeah, they, they could definitely go the other way. So in, in that regard, then it comes down to Pennsylvania for me. Yeah, Pennsylvania it, seems like the new Florida, uh, at least in this election. Yeah. And it, it does not seem, I don't know, it's, Biden's leading in Pennsylvania, so I feel good about it. I feel good. I mean, Wisconsin and Michigan, I think those are pretty much sewn up. Um, yeah, but, but it's just literally, you just pick a state. Is he going to win Florida? Done. Is he going to win Pennsylvania? Done. Does he win Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina? Any one of those, it's done. So... Just win one of those. Win one. That's all you need. Yep. You win one. It's over. I just I, I feel like p- too many people are believing the lies and the you know the the fact that Trump has gone to all of these rallies and stuff and maybe that will have an adverse effect. Like the, it's the people who are going to these rallies are the people who would vote for him regardless of if they had if he had the rallies or not. Um, and Biden's being far more strategic, far more smart, far more sensible with the with the crowds that he's having and stuff but i just i'm looking at everything crins here and it it just it leaves me with a pit in my stomach um and again it has nothing it really has not it's nothing to do with the the parties aside i'm looking at the 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 candidates themselves and it's it's i hope i'm wrong I, i really do i but that's that's where my fear level is at right now so I'm going to go with Biden winning by that margin. You're going to go with Just, Biden winning very closely. Yeah, I. But I, I. That's the way I have the map in the best case scenario. I just think I think somehow Trump is going to do something different. He's going to win Pennsylvania. He's going to win Arizona and Nevada, and it's going to be like I, I see. Okay, this is how I have it here. Trump is either going to win. Your official pick two, would be Trump. Uh, yeah, I think I am because I have the map of Biden winning what two ninety to two forty eight. 
But if I have the flip here with, with Pennsylvania and stuff, I have Trump winning 285 to 253. So that's it, it's going to be one of those two scenarios, I believe. Trump is going to win either 285 to 253, or Biden's going to win by a, a narrow margin of like 290 to 248. I've got whatever I had, whatever I said, yeah. one, uh, 341 to 197, I think it was. I hope you're right. And I, I think... I, I feel happy and confident with that. And again, Texas and Georgia. If he can, if you're really bold, you pick Biden to win both. Yep. And then he wins yep. 425 to 125, and it, it's really fun. So, Kamala Harris is the favorite, betting favorite to, to be the next president. Uh, uh, followed by Joe Biden, Nikki Haley, and Mike Pence. Yeah. Is in your top four right mm-hmm. there. I mean, Bernie Sanders would have won this thing if. Everybody did not pull out. It was Super Tuesday, everybody pulled out. Yep. Except uh, to, to, to put their votes to Biden. Because Bernie Sanders was rolling, yep. and uh, they obviously didn't want him to win. And would he have beaten Trump? I don't know. I think so. But uh, Biden, Biden probably had the best shot of anybody of beating Trump. And here we are. And um, I think it's ridiculous that all these states have these different... Um, type of rules for early voting and when you can count them. I never understood why you would wait until the day of the election to count the votes that you've had uh, for days, mm-hmm. months, or a week. Um, I finally found a pretty good list by the New York Times that says when each state does start to count, um, when they start to count. Some don't count until the day of, some don't count until the uh, polls are closed, some do count the weekend and the day before, so that is good. Um, I mean, Florida is a state that does count their votes early, from what I remember, and there's a big list here. So I uh, appreciate the New York Times getting that out. Um, so, yeah, all early voting and previously... Uh, da, 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 all, all the early votes should be done in Florida by the time the polls close. Mm-hmm. That is good. And, um, yeah, some, some start a couple days early. I don't know why they all wouldn't start early. So... I got a question for you then. 2024. You you think you, know, you just listed the betting favorite as uh, Kamala. Um, I think, yeah, I like Biden 77, 78. He was running down the uh, down the, the deal there the other day when Obama was speaking. So he's really good shape for 78. Yep. He can run only 78 or 81, 82. I don't know. But I would have to guess Kamala Harris would be your Democratic nominee. Yep, I, I'm just thinking, like, his mental state. He, I mean, but he, he has speaking gaps. Everyone does. Um, uh, I, mean, I think he could. Would he, does he want to be president at 85, 86 years I, old? I don't know. No. Uh, so let me ask you this. Here. You mentioned that Kamala Harris is the is the betting favorite um, for the Democratic nominee in 2024. I want someone outside that. I'm going to go with Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete. On the on the Democratic side, with Stacey Abrams making a very close second uh, in terms of the rising stars that we could see on the ticket or the, as the nominee in twenty twenty four. On the that would be all right. On the Republic, and I'm not saying that, that that would be their ticket. I'm just saying that that's it, those are the two people that I'm most interested like in seeing. Um, also, the the Atlanta mayor who I I'm I'm missing I'm not remembering her name right now. On the Republican side, who is that next guy 
that next candidate, that real wow. They don't have anybody. That's how they got Trump. If it wasn't Trump, it was going to be Ted Cruz. They don't have anybody. So there's no That's like, why, real, there's no real no, rising star that you that that you can no. foresee. Okay. Nikki Haley would be the youngest a woman. She's, I assume, fifty upper forties. Uh, Nikki Haley, what the former what, was the governor South of Carolina. South Carolina. She is forty-eight. She was a she was the governor for South Carolina. Yep. She is, I guess, the, the favorite on the uh, uh, side. Uh, Mike Pence. I don't know. I thought that between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, I thought that was. I guess that's what I think it's going to be. Um, I thought the vice presidential debate this year will be the presidential debate in four years. Oh, okay. So uh, that's what I kind of thought at the time. We will see. Um, so a lot of interesting names out there. Um, I just go uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Mike Pence for next uh, next go around. But um, I think Trump's going to lose tomorrow. I think he's going to lose big. And I think people are just fed up with it. So I think... I think tomorrow's going to be a good day for the country to to get back to normal and to say, we are done with this. Let's move on. Let's make sure this never happens again. Yep. Um, country over party. That's that's what it boils down to this year. I hope you're right. And, uh, we will be talking about the election next week. So the, this is not just a one-off. We will be talking more about it next week. Uh, not as extensively, but... Uh, Certainly there. So I hope we're talking about something good next week, something positive. Um, uh, your your uh, channel of choice on election night. Who are you watching? Probably MSNBC yeah. and then CNN. I go back and forth uh, to those. I'm, I'm. I should probably tape every channel just to have that as a historical whatever. Mm, that'd be a good uh, idea. I'll probably tape every channel, and I get up early in the mornings. So, I want to watch this for, for a long time. Yep. So, I think maybe midnight might be my breaking point and say, I got to go to bed. So, uh, we'll see where things stand at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Hopefully, uh, pretty much done with things. But, um, I'm hoping to make it to midnight. I'm, I, I, you know, it's too bad Squirt doesn't have caffeine in it. Um, also, oh, shit. I've had oh, a, I've had a very difficult time finding cases of squirt I just find squirt in the bottle I want a case I want cans of squirt where are these places I mean yeah, it's on the Walmart here that's a long up to Walmart that's a ruby red squirt they usually don't buy squirts I went to the store yesterday and buy any but, uh, usually you can find it here in the hmm. our, our Walmart here does not carry it uh, I keep looking hmm vote out Walmart vote squirt in for Walmart stores. There's my model. Running on that. Alright, my friend. Uh, it's gonna be fun. Well, hopefully it's fun. Um, it'll be interesting to watch regardless. Uh, so enjoy it. And uh, we'll chat next week and you have a good rest of your week. I think I'm gonna be the opposite of you. I'm gonna go in again saying mine's gonna win. And I expect him to win. Hopefully enjoy. Enjoy the results, and if it happens, it happens. We're going to it saying, "All right, how, how, not if, how, not if we're winning, 
probably not sure we're winning tonight. So that's why I'm gonna. I'm sure we'll be uh, talking tomorrow night as well. Yes, I have my fingers crossed that you are correct. But we'll see. But we'll see. All right. We will see. Uh, yes, we will. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll chat. We'll chat soon. All right. I'll see you. Travis Crins joining us here. Uh, Sports Block Podcast. Our election coverage. Um, you know, it, it sounds like we're. You listen to this podcast. You're like these guys hate. You know, Republicans and and Trump and stuff. You know what? Again, I view myself as an independent. I just look at what's going on, and it's terrible. I don't. I don't. I know that there's some bad stuff going on on the Democratic side. I know, like, with Antifa and stuff. But they aren't all... They aren't the sole reason why there's so much, you know, violence and chaos and destruction going on here. There's a, there's a lot at stake. And it's just... There are a lot going on. A lot of different groups. And it's... Country over party. That's a great line that I just saw from a couple of um, articles on social media. Country over party. Um, and we'll hope that's the case. Uh, you know, at, I'm just going to recap a few of the big games here from week seven in the NFL, or week eight, and uh, make some early picks uh, week nine. But uh, week eight, uh, the game of the week was in Baltimore with the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the, um, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Steelers started out great, pick six. Uh, right out of the gates. They jumped out to a 7-0 lead. Baltimore battled back, got the lead, but Pittsburgh ultimately won. Game win touchdown there in the fourth quarter. They forced four turnovers of Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson, bad um, bad game once again, uh, passing. So there are some issues with the Ravens, for sure. Uh, Cam Newton fumbles at the end. The Patriots lose 24-21 to the Buffalo Bills. They were driving late. They would have had a game-tying field goal. Uh could have scored a touchdown with the way they were going, but Cam Newton loses, and the Patriots have now lost four in a row for the first time since 2002. Chiefs covered. They beat the Jets 35-9, so that's great to see. Very windy day in Cleveland. Raiders beat the Browns 16-6. Naheem Hines, a great uh, couple of great touchdown celebrations. Flips, uh, everything. Colts win 41-21. Joe Burrow upsets the the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Bengals win 31-20. Of course, we talked about Dalvin Cook, his four-touchdown performance as the Vikings beat the Packers 28-22. The Chargers overcome a... uh, Oh, Tua debuted. He didn't play great, but the Dolphins won 28-17. Broncos overcame a 24-3 deficit to beat the Chargers 31-30 with the final, uh, final play of the game and the Chargers chargering their way to a loss. As the, the, the Chargers are the Falcons of the AFC. They just are. Saints win in overtime 26-23 over the Bears. Seahawks win 37-27 over the 49ers. Eagles win a terrible one over the Cowboys 23-9. Monday Night Football not yet played. Thursday Night Football Falcons won 25-17. Uh, there we go. Uh, week 9 picks here. Let's get right to it. Thursday Night Football should, was supposed to be a good one. Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Uh, no Garoppolo, no George Kittle. That does not bode well for the 49ers. I think the Packers win that one, um, which is unfortunate. I think if the 49ers healthy, they win that one. No, not not when you're down, especially your, your biggest weapon in George Kittle. Uh, Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings then on Sunday. Uh, whoa, it's on CBS. Hallelujah. We love games on CBS. 
CBS has the best crew. Not that I guess it's going to be Andrew Catalan and company, but uh, Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Uh, give me the Vikings to win, because why the hell not? Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Sounds like Jake Luton is playing for George, uh, or for Gardner Minshew. Like Deshaun Watson and the Texans here. Carolina Panthers at the Kansas City Chiefs, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. As if you have to ask, the Kansas City Chiefs. Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I want to see the Seahawks go to Buffalo and beat the Bills. Josh Allen hasn't been playing great, but that Seahawks defense not so good. Uh, this is a toss-up here. I will take the, I'll take the Bills to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Baltimore Ravens at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Colts have the best defense. Baltimore coming off a bad loss to Pittsburgh. They will be motivated to show that they are better. I'm going to take Baltimore narrowly over Indianapolis. Denver Broncos at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. And take the Falcons here. Don't don't let me down, Atlanta. Uh, even though the Broncos had a big win, I think Atlanta gets the job done. Chicago Bears at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Titans two losses in a row. Bears two losses in a row. Or is it three? Two. I think it's only two. Regardless, Titans get off the schneid. They win. New York Giants at Washington, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Washington playing better. See what the Giants can do. I will take Washington to win that one. Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I don't know how the Chargers get off the mat after that loss to the Broncos last week. So I will take the Raiders there. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Dallas Cowboys, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Cowboys are dreadful. Andy Dalton probably won't play. Steelers remain undefeated. In a very interesting game, very intriguing game, uh, 4-3 Miami Dolphins at the 5-2 Arizona Cardinals, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I will take Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, but against Tua and company, Dolphins defense played really well last week. We'll see what happens there. They had a defensive touchdown and special teams touchdown. Uh, New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then Sunday night football, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Buccaneers are playing very well right now. Saints, you going to get Michael Thomas back at some point? Who knows? Take the Bucks to win. And then Monday Night Football, New England Patriots at the New York Jets, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Is this... Are the Jets... The Jets might win this one because the Patriots are that bad. Ah, oh, the Jets suck. Uh, take the Patriots. And those are your Week 9 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog, on our Football Friday post. Election is here. Go out and vote. As I said before, take this seriously. Regardless of who you vote for, vote for a candidate. Don't put in Kanye West. Don't put in Mickey Mouse. Don't put in a dead relative. Don't put in your cat, Felix. Vote. Your vote matters. We want this to be a free election. Regardless of all the extracurricular activities that are seemingly to become voter suppression. We don't want that. Go out and vote. Vote for your candidate. And uh, hopefully we have some good results coming in this week. So thank you to, for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, a special edition of the Sports Block Podcast. This, of course, focusing heavily on the election here as we wade into politics from time to time. We'll talk about rebranding here at another time of the podcast. But uh, you can find this on podcasts.com. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Uh, Facebook, Nathan Stack, and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. 
Go out and vote. Wear a mask. Be safe. Hopefully you had a great Halloween. And uh, God be with us all here. Uh, God bless the United States of America. And uh, hope that that's for good stuff. Uh, Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Uh, Be safe out there. Tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, with some political talk next week as we react to what happens in our country this week. Talk to you next week, Sports Block Podcast.